Okay, we're back. Constantly varied. It's episode 37. James Rankin is nearly coughing up a lung as we start. Uh, a bit of a different episode this week. We are going to change the structure. We had Ben Bergeron in town last week. He was here at Bua and he spent some time here with the team. And we also then, most of the team went in and spent another full day with him on Saturday. And we thought it would be a good opportunity to sit down and get like one of our big takeaway lessons that would be relevant to our members here. Uh, it, it might improve your training, your overall health, your life, everything. So we thought there's one big concept he brought. We said, we're just gonna step our way through it today. I'm here with Jose, I'm here with James. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify. And we're gonna dive straight in. What we're gonna talk about today is the five stages of mindset. And one, mindset is, has always been a big part of the training process here at BUA. It's something we lean into. Some people love it, some people don't like it, but we don't care because we know it makes all the difference in terms of progress. So these five stages was a perfect framework for us to be able to understand where we are, are at at any given time and see can we change our mindset to be more helpful to ourselves. It's that simple. We're gonna start off with stage one and dive straight into the victim mindset. Let's like just talk on a personal level mm. where this shows up for ourselves. James, you wanna tell us? Yeah, whenever you inform me that this is the way we were gonna approach this podcast, I had a huge internal moment of panic, I'm not gonna lie. It's like, how do I <clears throat> talk about this without getting too personal or like bearing my soul to you two in the next 40 minutes? I'm not really in the mood to do that today at all. So I was thinking, where, like, where am I a victim? Where is it obvious and where is it relatable? And then it hit me so, like, right between the eyes. I was like, oh, when I'm training oh. is the easiest, most obvious way for me to notice where I'm a victim. Where it's right, you know, <clears throat> yesterday's workout was the perfect example. You know the five rounds, the 30 cals on the bike, 20 cals on the ski, and then 10 shuttle runs. Three runs into that. I am like the walk and talk and perfect example of a victim in my head. It's like, why is this happening? You don't have to do this. Like, you don't even have to pay for, like you don't pay for this. It's, you can just leave. And it's just woo me the whole way through it. And I'm, <clears throat> I'm aware that it's happening and I'm aware that I need to get out of it because I still have two more rounds to go. But until three, two, one go happens, I can't shake it. Yeah, I okay. just can't shake it. Coach can come over, and if Amy's like, how are you? I'm like, shit, look, I'm dead. I'm fucked. I can't do two more rounds. I'm done. Interesting. That's always my thing. With right. that type of workout where it's go fast. And even my whole story around telling that type of thing is always, I'm good for one round, terrible for five on that type of workout. Give me Fran, but I can't do Fran repeats. Like, how many times have I said that type of stuff before? Like, I'm a power athlete. And I can't, like, it's all that shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, there it is. So pity party begins. Pity party. Like, and really, it starts as the class starts. It's not even in round three. Round three is where it's like full celebration. Everyone's at the right level of tipsiness at the pity party. That's where it's <laughs> at its peak. But yeah, it starts building the whole way through that class. It's wild. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to connect with that now for myself. Because obviously, I get into self-pity and work. It's like, it's part of the point of doing them, right? Yeah. Is to get some self-pity and pull yeah. out of it, right? That's the exercise. <laughs> I think I get, um, instead of like this is happening to me, I get really annoyed with myself. <laughs> I, I blame myself for my lack of ability to like, oh, you haven't been training enough. Why have you let everything get in the way? So I, I could do a number on myself instead yeah. of it like being a victim of it. 
but maybe that's a victim in a different way yeah. but it's definitely a bit of self-pity in there i totally get that idea what about you jose where does it come up uh probably always <laughs> that is something happening to me relatively but i am uh, developed with the time a good attitude about okay that's the first thought then let's try to figure out the way to develop that thought in something else because the first reaction always happened to me and i don't have anything to do about that oh my god the world hate me uh, why me why me why me so so i think that this is always a fair reaction that i have but i develop with the time the way to feel to have a filter and they have a different reaction of the complaint or the blame That's yeah, the yeah yeah and i think everyone who knows you knows you're pretty good at that but let's i'm gonna push you now and yes. say is there is there times is there times where you would fail at that filter or would take longer to come in? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and <laughs> I think we all know that, right? Yeah, Because like, we all, we're all trying to do that piece. Yeah, yeah. But then there's those days where we stay in the pity longer than we should. Yeah. Is, is there any common... Yeah, I, I'd say that it's something related mainly with, for example, the biggest, I think, is my sleeping. If I have not been sleeping as well or eating well, I'm more likely to go into the victim mindset easier. Like my my filter maybe fail and then I blame myself or the situation or whatever it is. So I think that depending on how physically I feel, it's more likely that I shift a little bit more usually on the uh, victim or not. That that actually teaches me something about you. Yeah. That actually like oh oh I, that's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. That's a bit yeah, different yeah. for me. And that's an interesting one because it feels like almost it's hard to control that yeah. so then it can so easily be just say like i'm a victim of it yeah absolutely also i wanted to make a different uh, point that ben didn't do it on the on the thing that we got in here but he made in a podcast that i listened a few weeks ago that is not the same to be a victim that have a victim mindset so let's make the difference there are people that are victim or something yeah, and they don't actual have, victims yeah and they yeah. don't have any fault about that then is the victim mindset about what do you do with the situation so it's just to make really clear the difference between one th and the other i think that's really important yeah, yeah because there's there's people who are actual victims absolutely all the time. and yeah. zero zero agency in that i think it's when we actually have the chance and we're probably recreationally being a victim yeah. Uh, like I know for me is I slip into it when it's a hiring thing uh, at the moment when I can't get the hiring sorted out it has all these knock-on it's this cascade of problems that squeezes my life into something that goes from difficult but manageable to unmanageable and I I don't think it happens like in instances as much as it wears me down over time and I slip gradually into being more and more of a victim mindset and then everything's happened to me and I give an out fuck about the industry, about the, you know, the, this, that and the other and all of these big, like, kind of fuzzy concepts that are nothing really to do with my life. And um, this, this, I was saying to you two uh, only this week, this has definitely happened to me early this year and I was carrying around a lot of stress and negativity as a result. And I just made a big decision last week before Ben came in. It's like, oh, this is all part of my decision making. And I, I kind of recounted all of the decisions that led me to the situation I was in. I was like, I have decided to be here. And that's not to make, to make it sound like it's not difficult, but they are my decisions. And I continue to make these decisions. And it has helped me notice 
how much of a victim mindset I've been carrying around and how difficult life became as a result. I think that what you did in there basically is to shift the locus of control from outside to inside. So then you realize that it's not outside, it's on you. So then you have control over the situation. This gives you a lot of power. That I think that is such a big difference. Yeah, and I, that and that is definitely the feeling I, I said to you. Like I have this feeling of calm this week. Mm. Um, and we're going to get to the other mindsets, which I feel like are really helping. But it's just noticing the victim thing had just crept up on me and got worse. And all of a sudden, I'm in it. Yeah. And I think something you said there is really important as to why we want to avoid being in it. And it's like it's miserable for you when you're in it. But what we tend to do is when we're there is we go sharing it. And it's it's not just in your head, oh, we, me. It's like everybody, look at how fucking terrible this is yeah. and come with me. And that's what you said to us and our team meeting yesterday you were like lads i'm really sorry i've been doing it i hadn't even really picked up on it but then i noticed like the way everybody like everybody kind of goes to that like we all get pulled down by it and if jose has a bit of it and i have a bit of it and you have a bit of it and then one person shares that's it everybody just kind of it's like a big pylon of victimism isn't it <laughs> but that's what it, that's exactly what happens and that's why Mm-hmm. I noticed then on the gym floor, if someone has like a, a little bit of something, it's like whack-a-mole. It's like, whoop, nope. We got to try and eradicate that as quick as possible whenever we're coaching as well. Yeah, and, and it can sound quite like uh, like just coldly decide to be better. Yeah. But there is an element of that where, you know, where you can notice, well, there I am in it again. And then you can ask, well, what can I do about it? Because it does feel way worse to be in it. And it, there's part of our brains that's hardwired to love that yeah. because it feels somewhat like you're predicting some of the threats coming and you're going to deal with some of the threats coming and etc. Mm. But um, I think it's probably hardwiring that we've outgrown and we can outgrow. Yeah. So um, I think it's the, it's the most damaging one for teams. It's the most damaging one for relationships and your circle around you. And then for definitely on a personal mm-hmm. level, it's where stress levels go through the roof. So that's mindset stage one. Yeah. Let's move to stage two, which is similar, but there is an important difference here. And it's called the, the pessimist mindset. So the pessimist mindset is where we don't necessarily feel like everything's happening to us, but there's a feeling of no matter what I do, things are going to get worse, not better. Mm-hmm. So there is a feeling of, whatever I do is kind of pointless or futile and all of my energy, no matter how much I spend on it, is going to be wasted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, it's it's definitely a little bit better than the victim. Yeah. But not a whole lot. Yeah, it's not very helpful, especially like when we come back to the team and the group dynamic side of it, it's not mm-hmm. very helpful. But even on an individual basis, like you're still like verbalizing frustration without actually getting anywhere with it. Um, My example of this and... You clocked me on this yesterday, and I did it again this morning, where I feel like this week, I don't have enough time for anything. I'm just like, and you gave me the, the time is compressed. That's how I feel this week. I'm like, And while that may be true, having that attitude around it just isn't fucking helping me at all. I'm just, I haven't got enough time. I haven't got enough time. I haven't got enough time. And I have this little, all day, every day about it. And today, as I said it this morning, at 20 past five, Mark Johnson came in. And he's like, how's your week been? And I'm like, too fast. I'm not getting any, like, I have 10 things on the to-do list that aren't getting done. And I was like, oh, take it straight to it. Straight into the whole, that whole pessimist side of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be uber aware of that now. And this morning when I did it, it really clicked with me. That's where it always, always kicks in. Whenever I have just a little bit of extra work to do and one thing gets in my way. 
I go straight to it. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good. It just... It oh, just, I hate it so bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's bad. shit, right? Yeah. What about you, Jose? Do you have any examples of, like, the that pessimist versus the victim, that little difference? Yeah, like, I think that the locus on control, again, change it. So now it's on you, but you predict the future and you say it is going to be bad. So I think that is not really humble. The is inbuilt on it that you know, quote, know, that what is going to happen in the future. So I think that itself, the concept is not something realistic, that then we will go there, because you don't know what is going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen well, maybe bad, or whatever you want to call it, but you don't know how it's going to be. So what you need to work is on the present and then try to let the future to set by itself. I think that's the approach to try to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know for me, I've had uh, working on a project and I've had a, a call that feels like you come off the call, you know, and there's like, there's a ton to get done here. And you're, you, it's a bit of the time thing where you're wondering, where am I going to actually fit all this in? And then the confidence that you that the thing is going to actually work starts to drop. And then that gets confirmed by the next meeting and the next meeting. And then it's like, we're continuing to go along and do this, but I'm not sure this is going to happen. And then you can have one good meeting where you have make one small break where you're like, oh, this is all going to happen. Yeah. This is amazing. And you're kind of at the mercy of, of, the, situation. of the situation right in front of your nose, yeah. right there. Yeah. And, and I think it can get into a mode is where the problem is, where you can get pulled into it by one instant and then everything is colored that way. And, and I actually, f I, I was only saying quite recently about how much I hate the feeling of pessimism and how much I get, like, there's almost a high with optimism when it comes in naturally that way, where mm. you're like, oh my God, I think things are going to get better now. Mm. And um, I think then the chronic pessimism is the issue. It's like when we just carry it around unconsciously, just going along with it. Uh, and it, I think it has a similar, if not the exact same impact on a team as the victim thing. Hmm. It's two two different categories of negativity that's just pulling out the whole group down. Yeah. Let's go to stage three. Let's talk about it. Um, it is quite a bit better than the first two. And it's the optimist yeah. mindset. So... Um, this is, I think, how Ben, so I think he described it sort of well, where he said that even if things are not looking good, you decide to say, I'm going to double down my efforts. I'm just going to keep trying. And if I keep, like, buckling down, if I keep increasing my effort, things will come good eventually. I'm just going to keep doing that. Things are shit, but I'm going to smile my way through it, and it's going to be positive no matter what. And he actually he said himself that he probably spent his first eight years of his uh, of the life of his business yeah. in that mindset where he was just like, just keep going. Everything's going to be good. Let's not be negative. Let's be positive, which is definitely better than a pessimist or a victim. Yeah. And he also said something interesting is that most people aim for this one. Yeah. Like this is the pinnacle. Whereas in this framework, it's the halfway point it's only stage three mm. there's two more that we can go through but it's still better than the first two is there anywhere james where you find yourself being an optimist uh yeah i've probably the most relevant thing is that we have this flow coaching business that we're setting up and getting running and my default mode to all of that is it's going to be fucking great i just know it's going to be great and i have no evidence to back it up at all and we we sit down and we have these meetings and we're like what are the problems going to be here? And we were literally talking about it, what, half an hour ago? And in my head, the default is, no, it'll be fine. 
and it's just like it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll, it'll all work out just be positive it's all going to go the right way and whenever it comes to big scary but exciting stuff that's where my brain goes all the time even like i remember whenever i first came for the interview here and i thought i fluffed a big part of the interview and then as soon as i went home i, I was like probably very pessimistic about it and then jill helped pull me into this like optimistic zone and we were like yeah of course, it'll be fine it'll all be fine if i get it deadly and if it if I don't get it, it'll be, and it's that, like, it's all it's rosy, and life goes on, and, but not really dealing with the, the reality of the, what I want, or all of that jazz as well. Yeah, what, yeah, the evidence of what's right in front of you. Exactly, yeah. And you can, there's this ignoring of it that goes on, and just like, let's put a, yeah. a face on it. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a feeling of, there's a, there's a mismatch of the internal feeling versus what's on the external. I think that's what's going on here, yeah. isn't it? And, Part of me really appreciates when people try to do that uh, because it's like sometimes there's a team mm. dynamic and it's what's needed. Like, let's not all just get sucked down into the victim or the pessimist about this. Even if we all know that things are looking bad right now, but let's not all get sucked into it. Let's make an effort to keep it positive. So, yeah. because in the meantime, we might be able to create some, generate some forward momentum. I think it's good from that point of view. If we live there though, it's kind of like the chronic version of it. It's a mindset that you're in. It can be quite annoying to be around. Yeah, that's where like the, the cheesy American positivity attitude comes in and us as naturally cynical creatures going, oh, yeah, there they go again. Yeah. And that's where that really kicks in. But I do think it's, I think that's the sweet spot to help pull people out of victim and pessimism. Like if, like, if, like that's stage three it's like the yeah bridge. that's the bit to, like we have to counterbalance it just a little bit to help pull things across and then we can get to like the further stages after that yeah so it's a kind of a bridging temporary thing that can really help uh, there's a there's a thing called toxic positivity yeah, isn't there like, isn't that a thing yeah i hate it <laughs> i absolutely hate it i think that is what you are telling that i think it's related also with the energy probably is the first stage where the person give energy. I think that the victim and the pessimist are taking energy from the people around them. At least the optimist is giving energy. Then can happen that if this is a regular stage, can also suck the energy again because it's like, it's not realistic, it doesn't feel with the situation and it's what you're telling. Maybe you are hiding certain problems for being too optimistic. Everything is okay, everything is good and it's not. Maybe the situation is not. So I think that there is a middle ground where it's useful but also at some point has to be surpassed to something else that's how i see it i think that's a really good way of putting it yeah i like that i know i find myself doing it in my role as like the leader in the organization here with the leadership team so i'll talk to say you come to me jose with a problem here in the gym that's difficult to solve and we have to sit down and figure it out and i i might say I know this is gonna take a bit of a process. I have it in my head. We're gonna to have to start here, go to stage two, three, four, stage five, we're gonna be okay. But we're gonna need something to sustain us through stage one, two, yeah. because you're banging your head against a brick wall. That's why you've come to me. There's that problem. I don't know how to solve it. I can't see how we can solve it. And I have to be the one who says, yeah, I get that. Perfect. But if we do this first and then we do that second, 
and I'm like, mm. all the evidence says you're right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> this is a major problem. But I have to be positive for you to get you some go forward because mm. I have to trust that if we go through the first few stages, things are going to get okay in the future. Yeah. I wonder, would it be better to be more like in a different mindset with you in that moment? I don't know if that's mm. poor leadership or not, mm. but it feels like sometimes it's needed as a bridging thing. If I was always that way, no. you would kill me. Absolutely not. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> I clearly, I, you I, kill could, me. I couldn't afford it. No, no, no. But I think that is what you're telling. It's a bridge stage. So if you find yourself normally on default as a victim or a pessimist, I think that is a progress itself to go on the optimist. Then we can talk about what is going to happen after. But don't dismiss because to be victim or pessimist is way worse. That's a matter of a fact, in my opinion. I think the optimism thing becomes a problem when we do that it's like don't worry it'll be okay and we don't look at the cold hard facts accept them or do anything about them if jose comes to you with the problem and goes here's the problem and you just went no 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 no, don't worry it'll be okay and in your head you're like yeah step one two three four five but you never explain that to him and then he comes there's a problem you're like no 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 no. it's okay that's when the optimism will like really kills off all progress and all relationships <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely so will we jump to stage four? Oh, well, if you want it, you're ready. Yeah, of course. Realistic. Okay. Yeah, so Jeez. the realist, stage four. And I think one thing that Ben has encouraged us all to do is try and get ourselves moving in a direction where we're spending most of our time here. This is the, the trying to make this the default setting. And this is the, the setting where we, we accept reality as it is. And he used a phrase which comes from Ray Dalio, I think it was, um, about radical realism. Radical, radical acceptance. acceptance. Yeah. Radical acceptance. So it's this accepting of things as they are rather than trying to dress them up as more positive or p judging them as being good or bad at all. So it's this uh, process of saying, I'm not going to judge the situation in front of me. I'm going to accept it. And with that acceptance comes this feeling of, I can only control what I can control. I'm gonna focus my energy there. And then what comes with that is a sense of agency, a sense of control, a sense of, I've got, I've, like there, this is, is not, no longer happening to me. Hmm. This is your favorite one, I was like, Yeah. Okay. Well, well, it's well, between that and the next one. And yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah. So, um, so how well do you do with this, I'm wondering? With the time, I got way, way better. Also, like I told, it's related on my physical and mental state. Even in a good position, both, I consider myself pretty good mm -hmm. on doing it like a filter and then try to attack the thing that they are coming. But I think that is a really big shift in between pessimist, optimist, in time-wise. Both of the pessimist and optimist are just driven in the future. Like, it's what is going to happen. I think that the realistic is about the present, what is right now in front of me and what is what I have in front of me. So I think that that is a good way to look at it. So it pulls us to the present moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think we all know that's probably a good thing. Yeah. Uh, most of our suffering happens in the past and in the future, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And what comes to mind for me, you know, if I go back to my example of my victim mindset around like hiring, like what got me into this state of mind, this realist mindset recently has been that decision making thing it's going back it's like what what has put me here well i can or what have i done to put myself here and i can say well 
we're really picky about the people we hire. So therefore, there was lots of decisions I made to say no to people who were probably good people mm. and might have been good enough to work here but weren't the right person. And therefore, having like being understaffed is a situation that persists because I decided to say no there. I could have said yes. So there's one just example of saying, well, there's my decision and I could still go out and make that decision. Mm. But based on all of the things I want to do, I'm deciding to stay understaffed temporarily and put up with the stresses of that in order to get the right person on the bus. So therefore, I'm going to accept the stresses that are right now. And something just happens internally where everything just seems to drop. Ah, okay, I can live with that. And I'll just take the stresses one at a time as they come because I know that it's something that I've decided to, to put up with. And uh, I think that process for me, like it's something I was good at maybe a couple of years ago mm. and have slowly moved away from as I've become more stressed in my life. Mm. And it has been a real revelation this week for me, I have to say. About you, James, how do you do with this? Um, this is something that I think I got really good at in my late 20s and then through COVID, I think I was really good at it. And then I got into like a bit of a, a crisis about it because I noticed that I got to a stage of nothing is good, nothing is bad. I didn't get excited about anything. I didn't get upset about anything. As it's becoming a, a, it's a problem, and it's hard to be around people because of it now. Yeah, well, along with that stoicism, as a flat. Yeah, it just went way too far. So I had to, like, I had. We went on a thing to Barcelona with Logan. I ended up spending a bit of time with Carl Parley after that as well, and he gave me like a a different perspective on it again and it kind of goes back to this it's like this idea of the the five mentalities like whenever i hear them initially i have a, almost like a hierarchy like a pyramid where it's like the the victim is at the bottom and we're trying to get to the top of it but ben painted a really good picture it's a, it's a continuum or almost like a i always picture it as like a fuel gauge where it goes from red to amber to lighter yellow to light green to like a really dark green that's how i view it in my head and i'm like oh I should be able to always fluctuate. So when shit hits the fan, it's fine that I go to the victim mentality, but it's that ability to go and fill up the tank again, essentially get to realism and go, right, that's terrible. I've had my five minutes of crying. I've shouted, I've screamed, I've done whatever. Now what? What are we going to do about it? And it's, it's that having that realization like maybe two or three years ago was a real game changer for me because now i'm happy to happy to shit hits the fan i'll panic and freak out and do whatever and i give myself like five minutes and i have like a five minute rule mm -hmm. i talk to jill about it all the time it's like you're five minutes and then what and we, yeah. we start moving on from there and that makes me feel much more comfortable with this rather than the idea of me being a dad and a good coach and not accepting emotions just doesn't sit well with me at all. It's not how I want to live that part of my life. Yeah, that's mega. And there is a, there is a big time component to this, isn't there? There's like, there, there is a, a, a time domain that is on, that where it starts becoming a big problem, staying in this mindset for too long. So um, I think one of the goals for me definitely is to earlier and earlier and earlier notice where I've slipped into a problematic mindset so that I can do something about it mm. as soon as possible. Um, I think of the, you know, the workout version of this, the one like there, we've covered four. Mm. Uh, I think James already covered the, the victim mindset. <laughs> this workout's happening to me. I think a lot of people have that. They walk in the gym, the workout is on the board. And it's like, 
oh, it's gymnastics today. And it's it's like the thing I'm terrible at. I can't believe I'm they've programmed this thing, even though we know it's definitely happening a couple of times a week and you're here nearly every day. It's going to happen regularly. So the that victim of, I can't believe they've programmed that. Or I'm halfway through and your hands ripped and I can't believe this has happened to me. My hands ripped again. Why do my hands always rip? What's wrong with my hands? What's do I have the wrong grips? And it's it's that thing that's happening. Um, there's the next step of it where no matter what I do with these gymnastics, they don't seem to get anywhere. I'll keep doing them, maybe perhaps, or else I'll just give up because no matter what happens, I'm always seem to be the person who's to scale everything. And we know that gymnastics, as an example. The progress is silent. We don't get to see it until the day where it tips over to from a zero to a one. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it happens to us all in certain areas of our training, especially with the amount of variance we have. Mm-hmm. Then there's the optimist who is halfway through the workout and is like, yep, still don't have pull-ups, but let's just keep hammering away at them. <laughs> don't know if it's going to make any difference, but keep the smile on the face and keep going. So better than the the first two, but like, is it really dealing with the realities of maybe you need to do something about the situation that you're in in order to take control of it? And that's the realist to say, okay, my, my pull-ups are still a thing here and I wonder what I can do. Maybe I can talk to coach. Maybe I can spend five minutes before or after class. Maybe I can do, let's, let's take some sort of agency mm. in dealing with it and it takes a lot of the drama and the melodrama over time out of this scenario so that we can feel good about it. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about this last one. Jose's favorite one. The warrior. Honestly, I like the concept. I don't like the label. Sorry about that. Like, I think that it can sound really cheesy and really kind of epic, but I think that the concept itself is absolutely class. I love it. The only thing is... I don't know. I don't have a name, but it just sound to me. So I have the same reaction to yeah. it. I've actually seen Ben talk through these mindsets on social media yeah. and I have had to turn it off because the labels do the same thing to me. Yeah. They, they, the warrior one is like, oh, this has gone a little bit over the cheesy. Yes. My, my radar is, yeah. my cynicism has, t- yeah. has kicked in. Yeah. When he talks about it, it lands with me. Yeah. And this is why I loved it. Um, so he, he thinks about the old samurai warrior yeah. who is... I have one, sorry. in his dojo uh, and he's training every day and he's beaten everybody in his dojo yeah. and knows he can beat everyone yeah. he's top dog and there is a realization that he has transcended his training group that's like i am the best here and i'm gonna go now find i'm gonna roam the earth i'm gonna go find a challenge someone who could challenge and potentially beat me because if i'm going to find the best version of myself i need to actually have a challenge that i that, mm. that could kill me yeah and that's somebody who's saying that um, my current scenario is comfortable and I need to go f- act- act- actively find difficulty for myself in order to yeah. grow. This is also my, I am hooked on this. Yeah. This is my, I think this is my default to go here and then swing the victim. So, <laughs> so, so this, I'm the warrior, uh-huh. go find the challenge and I can't believe I found someone who's so good. <laughs> so then i have to get myself back in that mindset because like for instance um for me in my training this is not so much the thing for me in my training i'm more of a realist and i really want some things for myself but i don't have these high and mighty goals of elite performance i haven't had that for a long time but 
with building Bua, it's completely different. This is where my warrior mindset lives. And I have to constantly, constantly fight for it to make life harder for myself. I'm addicted to it. I love it. I think it's, it's gotten me so far, but it also is trying to kill me. So I am always trying to manage the level of challenge that's out there. But I know I'm pretty good at going here because it's my default setting. Um, so where, where do you find that, Jose? I think that in general, I love it because I consider myself a competitive person almost in everything, mm. but I use that as a fuel. So when I have a situation that is not good, it's okay. If it's a challenge, what I will do to surpass the thing instead of be thinking, oh, fuck, that happened to me. So I think that that little shift of mindset makes such a difference because the fact that I'm competitive is making myself naturally to push against the difficult in front of me instead of just kind of worrying or whatever. It's like, this is a challenge. How can I do it better? And doesn't matter what is the situation. You know? If you ever want to hurt Jose, you just tell him he can't do something really dangerous. Yeah, and then he will go and prove that he can do I it. I love it, yeah. And I <laughs> try to have thing. that on almost every stage of my life. Like, if I'm tired and maybe I come to train, okay. How much can I train or how good can I train when I'm tired? So that is the challenge. Being tired and actually pushing the, the other mindset will be, oh, fuck, I'm tired. I'm not going to do my best today. Uh, that sucks or whatever. So it's like with the situation I have now, how can I try to get better or how can I use it as a fuel? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that I, I think that's very true for you. Yeah, I I one of the one of the book that um, Ben mentioned is called "The Obstacle Is the Way," and it's from Ryan Holiday. I think that he's really it's a good starting from the story season. It's really simple, and mainly that's the core of the own book is how can I make that as a challenge for me and use as a fuel. So that's a really good book too. Daily. What about you, Jamesy? How do you do this one? Um. Whenever Ben first spoke about this one and then you came and spoke to us, Jamie, after and you talked about, like, you immediately went to the victim mindset thing. You're like, oh, I've been here. I'm really sorry. And as soon as he mentioned it, I default thought of you because I've, I've criticized you about your overtly warrior mindset on some stuff. I'm like, this is the thing that's going to kill you. And I don't want that's you... That's so cool to hear. I don't want you dead. But I immediately went there. And then as soon as I thought of you, this lad was on my left on the day as well. And I was like, Jesus, surrounded by fucking samurais here. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, so I immediately thought of you too. And I know that in moments where I'm like, I, I do need to push forward a little bit more. I, You know the whole, like, what would so-and-so do? I have you two in my head all the time. And, like, in our team meeting yesterday, we were talking about things we need to do to, to develop. And I'm like, right, what's Jose going to say here? And then he says something. And I'm like, yeah, what he said. Because that I know that that's what I need. And I definitely, I don't know if I'm always very good at getting there. I think I sometimes touch on it in certain areas. But I see you two like default and spend so much time there all the time that it's a real like um, inspiring pick me up type thing. Amazing. So that's really cool. Amazing. I only want to mention the point that James was making that I think that the warrior mindset can be can become not useful when you don't recover from the effort. I think that there is where is the line. So you need to be on the warrior mindset and get the challenge. But when you approach the challenge, let yourself recover. Because if you don't recover, it when the problem are coming and then we shift back in the pessimist, big steam or whatever. So you need to 
push really hard when it's a challenge coming, but then let you permission to rest and you recover. If you don't recover, you don't get better. Mm, that's and, a good point, yeah. And there is where I where I have the general the issue that I push too much, but I don't let myself recover. And then when the problem are coming for me, it's using the... On so it's managing the dose. Managing the dose, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. water has to be there, but you need to be able to grow. But I also think like we're lucky that we're surrounded by by these people we're all surrounded by them like everybody is pushing themselves like james you're pushing yourself all the time and you're so much so much of a different person you were when we met you first right so that's the evidence of it but i think it's because like this might sound like we're all bragging about it but i mean this is what we hire for like this is the top of the list for us is the person in that mode all the time and we talk about it and celebrate it on the floor yeah Uh it's like there's the cheesy CrossFit thing, like the last person gets the loudest cheer, but it's not even that that really happens down here. It's like you see the person who puts in the most effort, and that's who gets that's, that's the, the person thing. who gets furthest outside their comfort zone. The person yeah. who whether they takes, finish first or yeah, second or whatever yeah, or last, give a fuck where they finish. It's like oh, you sh- probably couldn't have done that last weekend. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're trying to build is a culture where more and more of us are all in this more and more often, so that we can all model after each other because i think it's the it's the way that we're going to find who we really want to become so um i think what was helpful from ben is to say that this is not a continuum like kind of you what you say james earlier in that it's set up that way and it's helpful to think about it that way but we flip-flop back and forth all the time and i hope we've communicated that that we're all jumping in and out of these things um and it's to live as much time in the realist as possible, touch on the warrior as often as we can, and as soon as we find ourselves victim or pessimist or even optimist, that we can notice it and say, can I get back to realism as soon as possible? I think that the first step is just to notice it. If you don't know in which stage are you, you cannot change it. So that is, yeah. I think that is the starting for absolutely everyone. Maybe taking, I recommend always, and I know that sounds silly, literally take a deep breath. Deep breath, three, two, one, deep breath, a few of them. And then you are going to be thinking way more clearly. And then you will notice where are you or where you want to be. And then doing the step that you need to. I think Ben made a good point on the Friday as well. Like the place to go notice this is in the small things. Like when you're in the car and someone pulls out in front of you and you have to slam on the brake and you slam on the horn, and you start cursing them. And then you go, oh, there it is. That happened to me. I was acting the victim. I was being real asshole about it but nothing bad actually happened everything's okay or when you're stuck in traffic oh i can't believe that thing is like i'm stuck in traffic i'm going to be late i'll ring them and you can just notice in those small little things because what what definitely happened to me in the past was i read all the stoicism stuff and all this here and i'm like oh, i need to change and then i tried so hard to change drastically that everything just got gray and shit and it wasn't helpful either so it's go notice it in the little things and then filtering into the bigger more exciting parts of life okay brilliant so there's two really good tips to try so jose's gonna jose's one of take a breath or two two to three breaths and it'll give you a bit of space to have your response to things rather than just being reaction all the time and then james is one here it's really important um we have to start practicing somewhere small and it can be in this car journey for 20 minutes see can i just accept everything and if i notice myself dripping into or flipping into a pessimist or a victim can we catch it and have the response i'm going to give you one more one to think about which is in your workouts this week when you're in the pain cave when you're in the middle of the workout and you're suffering you're going too slow you're failing something is going wrong or something is getting difficult 
ask yourself, can I find my warrior mindset in that moment and keep reminding yourself that the harder the challenge, the better it is for you. And you can ask yourself, not only do I not want to complain about this in my head, can I actually make it harder for myself? Because when we get into that, that zone, I think that's where all the progress is. I hope this conversation has been helpful. We're going to leave it there for this week. We'll catch you next week. Oh, 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 oh,